from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to River Cafe Table 4, a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. Okay, let's get the show on the road, shall we? David Beckham. Okay, <laughs> she's head chef. What are you? <laughs> Everything. Okay. Whatever you want me to do. Want a job? It was, it was, Beckham? I would, I would love a job? a job. I need a job at the You're moment, hired. actually. I'm not I busy now. <laughs> yeah. You need a job. You need a job. So I'm here today with Sean Winnowen, the head chef in the River Cafe, and my friend David Beckham. And it's now 20 to 6, and people are coming in soon. So the two of you better get going. What are you going to make? Uh, we are making tagliatelle. You happy with that, Chef? I'm more than happy with that. Okay. Chef David. Okay, Chef David. that's Chef David. David is going to cook I've this. I've been called worse. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Right. Give it a really good shake. Yeah, shake it, shake it. There we go. And a bit of parsley. There we are. What do you like cooking at home, David? What do I like cooking at home? Well, do you cook at home? To be honest, my kids are obsessed with Italian food. Funnily enough. It. So, majority of the time, they get me to make like a, a ragu. Yeah. Because the kids love so you ragu. Could, I could tell when you were shaking the pan that you weren't just a novice. Impressive. Well, you made it. Uh, oh, yeah. Am I hired? Are we done? If it hurts, yes. I think we could turn him into quite a useful chef, and he has done a cooking course. Mm. It transpires. Mm. Mm. One job? In Milan. In Milan, I know. I'm I'm really impressed by that, actually. So that was good. Now it's time to talk. Stop eating, and we'll talk. Can I take it with me? Yeah, you can finish it. Why don't you sit down and eat it? I'll take it with me. Take it with us. Okay. We have an open kitchen, and uh, one of the great pleasures for me is being able to see the reaction of people eating. You know, whether they love it or they don't love it, whether they share it or they don't share it, whether they talk about it. You know, it's part of the whole joy of eating out. And and I, I love think, open you know, kitchens. You know, I like the interaction that you mm-hmm. can have with you know, what's going on around mm. you. You know, I like to see what the chefs are doing. I like mm. to see what what's being prepared. To be honest, I've been so lucky because I lived in Spain for four years. Mm. Then I moved to America. Then I spent 11 months in Italy. And then I was back in America. And then I moved to Paris for six months. So I, I had all of this kind of mm. education mm. in, you know, living in different places, eating different foods, trying different things, you know, when I was living in Paris, I was, again, Victoria and the kids, kids were going to school in London, so they obviously couldn't live there with me. They'd come out of the weekends. So, again, one of my favourite restaurants in the world is Lamy Louis. Yeah, oh, don't we? I, <clears throat> I agree. I agree. I absolutely agree with you. It is literally, I I would say it's probably one of my favourite restaurants in the world for atmosphere, food, 
enjoyment, everything about it, you know, from the moment I walked in and, you know, all the waiters are dressed in those white jackets and whether you're wearing a bomber jacket or whether the most elegant lady walks in in a Chanel coat, they take your coat off, they fold it up and they throw it above the head on the on the It's like a train carriage, isn't it? It's like a train carriage. And my record for eating escargot is I've eaten 32 escargots at one dinner. To the listener, can I tell you, those are big, escargot. I've had them many times. They're big, and they come on trays of six or nine, I think, and they come. And I was in there for about four hours with Victoria once, and we had the most amazing wine and everything about that restaurant. And I used to go in there, and I I shouldn't have done because obviously I was a professional athlete, and, you know, I tried to watch what I eat. But I just made sure I ran harder the next day. So I used to go in there once a week, they used to let me come in. The first the service was at seven thirty, I think it was in the evening, and that was no one was there at seven thirty either. So I used to turn up at seven, and by the time the first people were coming through the door at around quarter to eight, eight, eight o'clock, I was walking out. So I used to do that once a week. I used to go on my own. I didn't care that I was on my own. I just didn't drink the wine, but I just sat there and I ate the most amazing food. Yeah, I love it. And the pomme frites, the little potatoes and the potatoes. The bread and everything about it. It's Mm. just, yeah, unbelievable. Creme mm. fraiche at the end. Yeah. They bring that tub of creme (laughs) fraiche out and they just dollop it on the plate. And and the tartata. The the, the small strawberries. One of the high points of my career is, you know, the head waiter there, the one with the black hair. Yeah. It's not called Louis. I can't remember his name. And he came to the River Cafe uh, for lunch with his family, with his wife and his children. And I, it was really such a it was such a moving experience for me to have them here. So you actually had the experience of living in Milan, in Milan, Paris, Madrid, and Madrid. Yeah, yeah, so I lived in Madrid. When I first moved to Spain, I was twenty seven years old, and I lived there for four years. Um, and I became really obsessed by wherever I would live in the world. I decided in my head, okay this is where I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Because I had to look at it like that, because I wanted to throw myself into the culture, into the language, um, into the food, into everything that I was doing in that country. So Spain was a big, you know, food kind of family kind of culture. You know, for a start, I couldn't believe how long the lunches went on for. You know, we'd start lunch at two and still be sat there at seven and then they'd go for a sleep and then we'd come back and have dinner at 11 and I'd be like falling asleep at dinner. But I loved everything about Spain, mm. you know, from the ham on to the lomo to, you know, to everything that I ate in Spain, I loved. Bacebes. What's that? It's like the, it's the barnacles. Huh. And you put them in uh, hot boiling water, only for, not for long. Yeah. Uh, and then you kind of twist the end off. And it's like, it's very chewy, mm-hmm. but very salty. Mm. Uh, so they're called bacebes. Um, and uh, yeah, they're, they're barnacles. And they're very difficult to, to get. Um, literally, the, the guys tie themselves onto the side of these yeah. rocks. They then wait for the waves to go out. They go down, get them, and then come back up before the wave comes in. Um, so it's quite dangerous. And still now... Every time that I go to Spain, every time that I go to Madrid, I always come back with a leg of jamón. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, Always. 
it goes in the middle of the kitchen island and every time that the kids walk past they <laughs> slice nice, a piece off nice. so yeah from bbc radio 4 britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip i thought in that moment oh my god we've summoned something from this board this is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season now's the time to buy at fisher homes for a limited time only enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375 percent apr 6.139 percent apr with these exclusive lower rates you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home financing provided by victory mortgage llc nmls 461249 equal housing lender but how was it being an athlete with a discipline? How did you marry your passion for food with the discipline of having to be absolutely fit for a game? Did food affect you? Did you eat a certain I was, diet? I, to be honest, I was lucky. Food never really affected me. Um, but I, I did, you know, as much as I am sat here saying, you know, the creme fraiche, the escargot, the, yeah. you know, everything that I've talked about, I still try to eat in the most healthy way yeah, um, yeah. because obviously being an athlete, I have to eat in the right way. But then I think the dietary requirements now for athletes, especially in football, have totally changed over the last 20 years. In what way? You know, when I first joined Manchester United, you know, the canteen was all about having steak and chips and beans and then you'd have a jam roly-poly mm. or you'd have a slice Before of a chocolate cake. No, like after training. Okay. So you'd have a slice of chocolate cake with chocolate custard. Mm. But is now it? it's totally different. You what know, is it now like it's now? totally different. Now well, it depends where you play, what manager, you know, you're playing under. You know, there were certain managers would that would only want us to eat boiled chicken, mm-hmm. which disgusting, mm-hmm. but that's that's how they felt that we should be eating, you know, no ketchup. High protein. No, you know, and then you have the opposite when I was living in Milan, I was kind of thinking, how am I going to be fitness-wise? Because I'm going to be eating a lot of pasta, a lot of olive oil, a lot of, you know, whatever. But it was actually one of the fittest that I'd ever been in uh, when I was playing in Milan because I think the produce is so Mm. clean, it's so good. The quality of it was just incredible. So over the years, it's definitely changed for sportsmen. You know, I've been lucky that I could kind of eat whatever I wanted. But I've always been careful, mm. knowing that I can't have a glass of wine four days before a game because mm. I don't want it to affect anything that I'm doing at the weekends, even though it was only a glass. you know. So I'd always be very disciplined on that. And do you think that athletes now are much more? Very. Yeah. I think that that's part of the culture now. I think if you start it early enough, then it becomes part of your life and part of your culture. It's what we try and do with our kids. You know, we try to educate them that, you know, if they eat the right things and drink the right things and look after themselves now, you know, at such a young age, then they'll continue it through through their lives. And I think it's an important part of life. It's education, mm. isn't it? And I guess I could ask you a question of George Best, couldn't I, about mm. one of my 
great memories is of the park. Was it Parkinson? Yeah. And the two of you there. And I yeah. think, you know, I probably fell in love with you that night because you were so respectful and so generous to him mm. that, you know, I think there was a point in the interview, I don't even know when that was, but Richard and I watched where Parkinson asked you a question and you said, I'm in the presence of, you know, this man and I think we should let him talk. Yeah. And that was very, very moving to me. But he wasn't really taken care of, was he, in the way No, that- I, but, I, but I think that he was part of a culture, um, you know, and, and I was part of really the start of my career yeah. of a culture that was totally yeah. different to what uh, is right now and these days, you know. Um, but, you know, George was the most amazing player, the most amazing talent mm. uh, and the most amazing person. And as well, you know, I think that I was, I felt so honoured to even be sat, yeah, you know, on the same sofa next to him, you know, in his presence. And he's such a special person. And he was, um, you know, he was one of my dad's heroes. You know? My dad was always a, a Bobby Charlton fan, yeah. but obviously George Best, you know, he's a Manchester United fan at the end of yeah. the day, my dad. Yeah. So having me on the same programme as George Best <laughs> probably was one of the highlights for my yeah. dad. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. One of my most favourite restaurants is is in Brooklyn, New York, mm-hmm. and it's this old pizza place that's been there for a long time called Lucali's. Lucali's, yeah, okay. and it's run by Mark, uh, and he owns he owns Lucali's, and it's just simple, simple pizzas. He doesn't sell any alcohol in there, so you turn up, and he brings these amazing mussels out, amazing clams. He makes this spicy rigatoni and then he brings the pies. They call them pies. And uh, I always take like a great bottle of wine because I love eating pizza with great wine. I do like to go to fancy places from time to time, but I'm more about the family style, you know, sitting there, great atmosphere, you know, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be the most expensive meal in the world. It doesn't have to be the most amazing bottle of wine in the world. It just has to be good people around the table, good food, and, you know, atmosphere is important. That's it. When we thought when we opened the River Cafe, it, there was this feeling in the 80s that you either had the choice of 
eating really, really well, but being terrified of that you were dressed well enough, that you might be late, that you might insult the chef, that you you didn't know the wine, the sommelier might make you feel stupid, but you would have a good meal or you could go to the local and have a fantastic atmosphere, but maybe not the greatest food. And it wasn't just Rose and myself, there was Alice Walters and there was Rolly Lee and Wolfgang Puck. And there was a whole generation that said, why can't we do both? You know, I don't want a dress code in my restaurant, but I want to serve really good food. And I don't want an intimidating wine waiter, but I want to have really great wine, you know, that you could have both and that you can have fun and have the drama and eat really well. well I think that's, that's what's so special about here, in all honesty. You know, I think the atmosphere... You know you're 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 gonna always eat great. Oh, thank you. The the menu is constantly changing. You're not intimidated. Whereas you know, I, I suppose in the early days where I wasn't used to going to great restaurants or eating great food or drinking great wine, I suppose there was certain part of me that felt intimidated. Mm. But this is a place where you walk in and there's not one part of you that feels worried about ordering a bottle of wine or yeah. ordering a glass of wine or ordering the wrong wine or, you know, it's it's yeah. special. I know what I want the people who work for me, how I want them to to eat and how I want to make them come to work in, a, in an environment where they can look out a window, where they can mm-hmm. feel that they're rested, you know, in the end where they want to come to work. Do you feel that that is a responsibility of people who are... In management, without a doubt, you know, I think that I've I've been lucky over the years to have been part of some great teams. You know, obviously with the teams that I've played for, playing for my country, representing my country, yeah, you know, I've been very lucky to be around great management, great teams, mm. great support. You know, with my family, my friends, and now I have my own team within my own office, yeah. and I want them to be as happy. Yeah, you know, as they are at home and when they come to work, I think yeah. that's a, a really important part of running a business. Um, and I tried to do the same, and Victoria tries to do the yeah, same with the kids as well. You know, we want yeah. them to be happy, we want them to be healthy. Do they cook with you? They do. They do. They do. They My, like actually, it. Brooklyn. Brooklyn actually loves cooking. Uh, he posts a lot at the moment about things that he's making, oh, things that he's creating. But all the kids actually love it, love you know, and I think in the last 18 months with all the lockdown and yeah. everything that has been happening, you know, whether we were baking, whether we, whether we were, you know, creating herb gardens, me and Harper, you know, uh, built our own uh, herb garden, you know, with whether it was uh, Rocket and we had some mint and we had some rosemary. So we'd kind of created nice. that. And actually we got very excited when we saw it all come together. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, every time that... Nana has a gin and tonic, you know, Harper goes out into the herb garden, she cuts some rosemary off and puts rosemary into the glass. So it's, uh, we had a little bit of fun with that. We've, you know, talked about so much about food as love, as food as a connection. But um, I suppose before we say goodbye and I go, what would be, David Beckham, your comfort food? Oh, after me talking about all of this great food that I taste and all of these great restaurants that I go to, you know what my comfort food would be? A packet of salt and vinegar discos. <laughs> Good. I think that's Good. what it would be. And maybe yeah. a toasty made in the yeah. Breville toaster with baked beans. Oh, tell I think me about that. that. Be, what is that? You put... So the Breville toaster that you yeah. 
So I put the bread in. Hovis. First or not? A little bit of butter uh-huh. on the outside, on actually. The outside. Okay. So it doesn't stick. And then I put the baked beans in. Breville toaster for about four or five minutes. Open it up, and it's oh. so that no and a, that and a packet of discos. No cheese. Discos. Baked okay. Beans, I know. Right. After all this great food that no, we talked about. No, but that's about. what comfort is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, comfort is yeah. the I'm food. I'm more of a crisp man than a chocolate. That makes you feel like that. Well, thank you, David. Thank it was you, wonderful. Ruby. Thank you for having Love me. Love you. You're welcome. Love you too. To visit the online shop of The River Cafe, go to shoptherivercafe.co.uk. River Cafe Table 4 is a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.